Hey everyone, my name is Mohamed Asadullah, and you're listening to the Freelance Canada podcast. Today, more Canadians than ever are starting a freelance business and earning their financial freedom in the process. On this show, I interview Canadian freelancers and industry experts about the latest trends, ideas, and strategies that can help you accelerate the growth of your business. If you've been enjoying the show, please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. On the show today, I'm going to talk to Nia Lee. Nia is the founder of Socially Media Agency, a creative social media agency that helps women business owners create unique, consistent, and on-brand content for their social media. In this episode, Nia and I talk about how Canadian freelancers can grow their business through video content. So let's get to it. Let's maybe start with what is it that you do as a freelancer? I am a social media manager. I am a content creator. I'm a video strategist as well too. So I help entrepreneurs, preferably women-owned businesses, really kind of either help them with their social media. So whether they need someone to pretty much be their social media manager for the month. So helping them create content, engagement, of course, making sure that they're consistent on social media on a daily basis. Content strategy is another big one as well, too. A lot of the times that people don't fully know how they want to map out their content. So I'll help them with that as well, too. And on the other end of that, the video content strategists or even consulting, which is people that really just need assistance in specific areas of video, whether it be, again, showing up on camera, being comfortable like that. Editing is another big one that a lot of people have issues with or need assistance with as well, too. So that one is a little bit more, they're pretty much all like one-on-one services or things that I do, but they're all very different, but they all kind of coincide with each other because it's like, if we do video amazing, then you'll probably need help with your content strategy. And it's like, okay, if we're doing your content strategy, then eventually you're going to need someone to help build out your social media for the month. Because a lot of the times people just don't have the time. It's like, I'm running a business. There's like 50 gazillion things to do. Social media is such an important aspect of that. And it's like, Nia, you do this, help me. That's essentially what how that conversation goes. <laughs> so if I was to summarize that back to you, it would be that you enable primarily women-led businesses to tell their stories using video, or at least primarily video. And then you also equip them to then determine how they can distribute it as a means to ensuring those business objectives are met. Exactly. Yeah. And making sure that no matter what, whatever they're doing is consistent and it's authentic and that it's on brand to who they are as a business, because everybody's business is different. Everybody shows up differently as well too. So I would never tell you to implement something. I don't have like a cookie cutter formula that I tell everybody. I mean, yeah, I'll use the same tools and things to help them, but everybody shows up differently for their business in different ways. So I always make sure that it's tailored to them and it's something that they can commit to. And making sure that, of course, that it has that authentic piece and that it's very much in line with who they are as a business and a brand. And if we look at all the things you do, video, content, strategy, editing, consulting, public speaking, there's quite a lot that you're doing. So how did you get started? Oh my gosh. So I really got started in it. So to give you background, I have a background in public relations and media communication. So I went to school for that for four years. It was... Listen, university, (laughs) post-secondary, I'm sure you know, it is a time. Like I was somebody who loved, I've always loved school, but then post-secondary, all of that went away. But it was interesting because I learned 
there was actually just one class that I remember taking. And I think it was like introduction to public relations. And that was probably like my most valuable class throughout my whole four years. Mm -hmm. And it was simply because like, it was very particular, like the professor that we had, he owned his own PR agency. So he would always bring in experts. He would always, you know, provide that insight. So that was probably the most intriguing. And that's actually that class was the class that I figured out that I didn't want to work in public relations. I was like, <laughs> I remember somebody was speaking, someone came from a PR agency in Toronto and they were talking. And like immediately I was like, I do not want to work in PR. Like I just made that decision right there. But that was the third year. I knew I had one more year. So obviously I was going to finish, but I don't know. I, I dabbled in so many things. I've always been a creative person. I had a YouTube channel for a little bit. That's still up. Don't look it up. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I've done podcasts before. I've had like, I started my own t-shirt company at one point. Like I've always wanted to do so many creative things. And this social media agency stuff kind of started itself because I remember I had a friend of mine who I was working with at the time so at the time that I was working part-time, I was also interning at a PR agency. And at the PR agency is really where I got my footing in the world of content creation and social media management and being in that world. Before that, I really didn't know how I was going to fit into it. But when I was there, that's pretty much what I was doing. I was creating graphics and I really got my feet wet there. But at the same time, at my part-time job, I had a friend of mine who I saw that she was trying to do like her own thing. Like she was trying to build her own business. And I was looking over her Instagram. I was like, you should be doing this. Like you should be adding that. Like I was giving her all this pretty much like, you know, unsolicited advice, but it was valuable <laughs> advice because this is, you know, I'm a millennial. These are just things that I know. I'm on YouTube all the time. I'm working at this PR agency. So I have that insight. So I was telling her how to do all these things. And she was like, you're telling me how to do these things and they're amazing and they're great. I want to tell people about what it is that you do and, you know, let people know that you're an expert in this. But at the time, I really didn't have anything. I had an Instagram account that was very focused on beauty because I was trying to more so get into that world. And she, yeah, I, so from there, I think maybe a month after, even after that, I don't remember when, but I think I made the Instagram account for socially media. So at the time it was socially media. It's now socially media agency. Now it's it, before it was socially media. And I just kind of started. I really just kind of started posting up some videos. I remember I started posting videos simultaneously on Instagram and LinkedIn because I knew LinkedIn was another tool that a lot of people were using. And I was getting a lot of love on LinkedIn, obviously. But on Instagram, it was obviously with Instagram, as we know, it's a slow burn. Like, you know, slowly but surely, you have to keep building up that following. You have to keep creating content. And I just kept creating. I just kept creating videos. I kept talking about what favorite apps to use, how to show up on video, how to level up your brand, how to, you know, how to use specific tools in order to help you with social media. And slowly but surely, I just kept being consistent. And that was, I started being very consistent. So I made that, I think I made that Instagram like April. Then I really, I didn't post anything from April to September. And September 2019 is when I really like got very, very consistent. And from September 2019 to currently where we're in right now, which is July 2020, I had 69 followers in September. Where I'm currently at now, I think it's like almost like 1400 or something like that. But regardless of that, I've been able to create tons of videos, content, provide in so many different ways to the point where people refer to me as the person who's like to go to for video, which I never thought that was ever going to happen because I was just out here creating. I wasn't even trying to tell people how to like, you know, build a business and how to sell using video. 
I was just creating content because I thought that was the, the way to do it. I thought that was the way to go. When I'm not on Instagram, I'm on YouTube. So, so much of what I get creativity wise comes from YouTube because YouTube is such a creative place. There's so many creators. So I was like, I'm going to bring some of that spice and some of that excitement (laughs) over onto Instagram. And people just love it. They loved it to the point where they were like, you got to go to Nia for video. She's always got the stuff. People were sharing, people were liking tons of comments. And so here we are to the point now where I actually had to make this a business because people started reaching out to me and now I'm in it. I'm in it. <laughs> right, right. And like for those who haven't seen your Instagram, it's definitely quite engaging. It's very colorful. It's very vibrant. And I feel that mm-hmm. you've really just encompassed all of your, not even just your personal personality, but also just how you want your brand to be perceived in that as well too, which I feel can be quite hard for a lot of freelancers. So like, how do I ensure that Instagram, which is almost my visual portfolio, you know, aligns well with sort of like my services, but then also my brand as a whole. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You talked a lot about how you got started creating content when you were at the PR agency as you were starting to help your friend who, you know, unsolicited feedback maybe, but clearly valuable, informative and actionable feedback. And then you started getting recommended and referred and you started creating your own content. And then over time, you've really built into your own freelance business. What made you decide that you're going to create video content specifically? And how did you even get started? I mean, even when I was thinking about this podcast, for example, for me, it was more so just like, okay, what would be the first episode? And should this be in a chronological order? And how should I create it? And it just becomes so overwhelming to then be like, where do I even get started with my content? So I'm curious to understand what your thought process was and how you got started, you know, creating video content specifically. Yeah. I honestly think it just came from a place of, there was a couple things that I knew. There were things that I was using. There was so many things that were going on that I was like, this would be a very valuable video for people to know. Or this would be something very valuable for a lot of people to either take and use for their, again, content for their business, so on and so forth. Because again, I've never done anything like quote unquote business related. Like I've never been in this world of like entrepreneurship or again, freelancing. So for me, it really, really wasn't even coming from a place of, Hey, let me try to create content for like coaches and business. Like, you know how that whole thing of like deciding, like defining your niche or like, determining who it is that you want to speak to. I had no idea how to do any of that. I was just like, I have all this information. I'm using these apps or I'm, you know, this is how I've been able to show up. Let me share my tools. Let me share my tips that have really worked for me and let me just give them out. And so that's what I did kind of earlier on. And a lot of people gravitated towards that content. But another thing that I did that really kind of like showed my audience that I was actually listening was I would consistently jump in stories and would ask people, Hey, what do you want to know? Or what do you want to learn? Or I'm going to be creating these videos. Which one do you want to see first? Or I might do like a story about a particular topic. And I'm like, if you guys want to know more about this, let me know. So I would consistently go in and ask people questions. And 
I would consistently have a lot of conversations with people in my comment section, in my DMs. So it wasn't like me just posting and one and done. It was like people who were actually engaging, people who were following me, people who were sharing. I was really getting into their brains and talking to them and saying like, what is it that you want to know? Or you saw me on this live and you thought this topic was valuable. What else would you want to hear more about? So I was very open and honest about me saying like, I don't know everything. So like, I want to actually know what you need assistance with the most and let me try to do some research or let me try to break this down in layman's terms so that now, you know, because sometimes a lot of the times people kind of know this stuff, but they kind of just want to hear it from somebody who they like or they know or who can break it down a lot simpler. And one of the things that people say about my content a lot is that you just make it very simple. You make it very engaging. It's a very short and easy. It's not drawn out. And as a creator, that's I like to create that kind of content. I love to create engaging content. I love to create content that is digestible. Like, yes, it's a six-minute video, but it's an engaging six-minute video. So for me, it really comes down to one, just kind of providing. It's like, hey, I know something. Let me share. And on the other end of that is like really listening to my audience and asking them like, Hey, what is it that you want to know? Or like, Hey, how do you, you know, you said you were struggling in this. Do you need more assistance in this as well? And those are really the two things that allowed me to kind of, and again, things that I've used consistently that have allowed me to provide valuable content because I'm not just creating content for the sake of it. I'm actually creating content that people care about and want to know more about. So now I don't, you know, every now and again, yes, I'll create things because I think it's going to be valuable or someone gave me a compliment here and there on like one question that I always get is, you know, people love my video thumbnails. So they're always like, oh my God, your thumbnails are so fun and engaging all the time. Amazing. Great. So I was like, Hey, maybe it's valuable for me to create a video about how to create on-brand, fun, engaging thumbnails. And so that's something that I'm going to be doing as well. And recently, actually, I just figured out how to utilize my green screen um, that my boyfriend gave me for an early birthday gift, which I didn't fully know how it was going to work it out, but tried it over the weekend. It worked out amazingly. And again, asked a poll sticker. I was like, hey, would you guys try this out? And I got like, I think over 20 people that said yes. And so in situations like that, when I get that feedback, it prompts me to want to create and want to provide. And it's like, Hey guys, remember when I saw I was doing this green screen thing and you said, you guys want to try this? Well, I'm actually going to give you a tutorial about how you can actually go about doing this and then so on and so forth. I really like that. I mean, you know, if I look at what you said, it's you essentially got, got started by sharing what you know and showing what you can do while asking your core audience for input on what it is that they would like to see more, right? So mm-hmm. it was very much kind of almost a uh, cycle or a loop in a way where it's like, hey, this is what I know. I'm going to create the content in the manner that I am the expert of. And then I'm, as I share it, I'll get feedback. And I'll then utilize the feedback to share more of what I know and then just rinse and repeat. Would that be a fair? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. And then repurposing, which is another big aspect of like my brand and my business as well too. And I tell a lot of people to do is like a lot of that mini training that you did last week or a month ago, guarantee you have a whole new group of people who don't know about this topic 
and are probably going to love that you like, they're not going to have any idea that you did it last month, especially if you're not utilizing your highlights. So you might as well repurpose that again, because it's a relevant topic. It's something that you talk about enough. And again, get all that feedback. I've had time where I've reposted things that I've done months ago. And people are like, this is so amazing. This is exactly what I needed. Or I'll get comments from videos I did in like October. And like, people are like, this is so good. And they, what happens is they start watching all the videos and I start getting all these comments on all these old videos. And I'm like, again, this is what happens when you create valuable content, not necessarily because you like, it's just kind of one, a one-off thing that you've created. You've created something that you know is going to be valuable enough or that can live on your, you know, on your feed, let's just say, and people are still going to be able to find valuable information about it. So I like to create timely content, but I also like to create content that people can use regardless of wherever level that you're at, whether you're just starting out or whether you're, you know, quote unquote, the expert, it's really about creating that content that is and creating those videos that, you know, people can find valuable throughout right? So if they want to pick apart certain things that I've said and pick things every now and again, check in my highlights, check in my IGTV, check in my feed. I guarantee you there's something in there that you haven't fully known or don't fully know all the way yet. And this is how, you know, and again, it's just an interesting just situation because I, I do get those comments from people. I'm just like, I created this video so long ago. I never would have thought this was <laughs> going to have any sort of, you know, but it's a valuable video because I'm like talking about the best apps or like my go-to apps of social media. And it's like, that's something that people are consistently always wanting to know. So right. there you have it. And I guess, you know, there's probably going to be people that are listening to this that have the same question here as I do. It's like, how do you know what is considered valuable, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel values can be so subjective at times. How would I determine that, hey, this content that I'm going to create is going to be valuable? How do you get to that? Yeah, I think like valuable content has to not be about you. I guess I would say that. Like when you create content, right? You know, the people that create content for themselves versus people that create content for like their audience and their business and and for other people. So I would say valuable content is really content that people can't. And this is actually really interesting because I did a mini training about this. I think a couple of weeks ago about two key things that your videos always need to have or always need to be. And they always both need to be valuable and they need to be engaging. So when you're creating valuable videos or valuable content, that content has to be like that, whatever information that you're talking about, somebody has to genuinely feel that they can get some sort of insight and then utilize that for wherever they're at in their business or in their life. Like, I don't want to just watch something. Like there are some people that I watch and I'm just kind of watching them for the sake of that. But if someone's like telling me how to do something or showing me the way of how they go through their process or you know, letting me know that they did a poll and they got a lot of feedback on this and now they want to go in and create something more long form and something that you can save and share and do all those things. It's like, that's value, right? It's not just creating content because it's like, you know, like, I'm sorry for some people like, you know, always posting, like if you're treating your business Instagram, like a personal Instagram, nothing about that is valuable right? At least genuinely to me, like it all really depends, but at least from where I'm at, I would definitely say like valuable content comes from content that people feel like they can actually genuinely get some sort of insight and information and knowledge from. And now it's like, wow, amazing. Great. 
let me go utilize that for my business or let me utilize that in my life. And then, you know, they don't have to necessarily buy anything from me, right? That's another thing. A lot of people feel like they can only give out the value when people click a call with them or buy from them. But it's like, no, Instagram is the place where you give free value and free content. Like that is what we're doing. Like Instagram is a tool. It's something that's going to allow somebody to book a call with us or buy our services. And that's fine. And that's great. But you need to provide, right? You need to, you need to serve, right? Especially when you're wanting people to trust you and relate to you and buy from you. It's right. I need to know that whatever you're talking about, whatever product or whatever service is going to make my life easier, or it's going to allow me to get to wherever I need to go. So whatever content, if the content that you're putting out there isn't making people say, oh my God, this is so useful. Or, oh my God, I'm going to try this. Or, oh my God, this is so good. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this out in my business and see how it works then you instantly know that your content isn't valuable because people aren't learning anything. Or people that say all those things, they know that it's valuable for what they're doing because now they can go ahead and use it and do whatever it is that they want to do in their lives, right? Whether it's use the apps that you talk about or whether it's about using the steps that you talk about to go level up their business and their brand. Or whether, again, it's about taking the things that you just spoke about. And now when I, you know, I did a video about how to show up on live, how to be confident on live video. And I literally gave you like step-by-step-by-step what you need to do. And so again, that's my information that I have tried myself, that I have given out. And now I'm wanting you to go take that information and try it out for yourself as well too. I'm not asking for literally anything in return. I'm probably asking you to like comment and like share it and save it, but that's pretty much it. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just trying to give you information and knowledge so that you can go ahead and utilize that and be confident on video and be confident on live because that's what I want you to be able to do. I want you to be able to be confident on live video. I don't want you to just see me on live video and just be like, you know, hey, whatever. I want you to be able to do the exact same thing that I'm telling you to do. And I'm talking from my experience, of course, but I'm also talking from just things that I've seen in the industry. And again, it's coming from a place of like experience, that extra knowledge, that extra information, and then giving that to you, like pretty much at like no charge, pretty much just saying like comment if this is going to be valuable for you and so on and so forth. It could be definitely a bias. I will say that I really appreciate the create value first mindset of yours, where it's, you know, go out, provide value to your core audience, to your potential customers, to your clients, whoever, before you start asking them to trust you with their money, with their ideas, you know, with their opportunities. So I think that's a really good point there. And I think you mentioned just being able to show up consistently and creating content and just owning what is rightfully you or the personality of your brand that you want to create, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what is that consistency? Is it every day? Is it once a week? And I recognize that there isn't a cookie cutter answer to this because it depends. At the same time, it is something that a lot of times anyone that's creating content kind of questions like, how often should I be posting to ensure I'm engaging my audience at just the right amount without drowning them and becoming overwhelming instead. Yeah, no, I think it all, again, it really depends on what kind of growth do you want, right? If you want some serious growth, if you want your following to grow, if you know that you can commit to being on all the time, 
then I would probably recommend you posting maybe four to five times a week. Like when I first started, I was posting at least three to four, maybe five times a week. And I've always, I've always like dabbled with it. I've always like done three days or like four days or five days. What does that look like? So I've always dabbled and I always will. But if you're really interested in growth, if you're really interested in people getting to know you for real, like be consistent on a daily basis. So that means Monday to Friday. Again, I always say, look into your insights, see when your audience is most online because you want to definitely line up with that. But I honestly think again, like consistency really comes down to people want repetition. People want to know that every single, it's the reason why, you know, certain sitcoms or certain shows or TV shows are such a hit because we know every single Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, whatever, this is us is coming on and like I'm tuned in and like we're all ready to go. And it's like a whole thing, right? Like <laughs> I'll, shout out to This Is Us, awesome show. <laughs> but that's typically what, you know, and that's one day a week, right? That is consistency, right? And tons of people tune in, right? right? It does not matter how many times that you do it. It doesn't matter, you know, it really comes down to, can you commit? People are looking for people to commit because, we all know what it's like to feel like to commit to something and then maybe fall out of it because, you know, that's just who we are as humans. But if I know that this creator that I've been following or that I'm just starting to follow shows up every single Tuesday or every single Monday, let's just say, cause it's Monday today. Let's just say they show up every single Monday and they go live and they do an interview series with somebody, right? If somebody knows Like if I genuinely know that I can go and tune in to a show or something that somebody's doing, or I know every single Monday, this person's going to go in their stories and talk about a particular issue or like give me the roundup of all the things that are happening in social media, right? That is consistency. That is something that people want to come into. That's something that people look forward to. And what you want it to be is so much that people are like saying, I love your show that you've got going on, or I love the fact that you're doing all these trainings, or I love the fact that you're talking about this particular thing for a certain amount of time, right? Or I love tuning into this because it's my daily dose of content, or it's my daily dose of information for the day. And it's always good, right? And that typically will be the thing that people will remember you for, right? It won't even necessarily be for all the, like your business and this, it'll be because of that consistent thing that you do. Right. So if every single, you know, Thursday you got an episode dropping about something, that gives people something to look forward to. And that's actually what you really want is you want whatever you're creating for people to look forward to it. Right. So that they're like there, you know, you're like new episode drops, everybody's there. Right. Or like say, for example, like let's even talk about like shoes, like sneakers, right? When sneakers drop. Right. I don't know nothing about the sneaker world, but I do know that like when things are moving and like people know, like every single, like every time a new sneaker drops, like this is the, you know, this is the consistent way that things are going. You got a whole bunch of people lined up and ready to buy. You know what I mean? Or that's what you want. You want people to genuinely get excited about whatever it is that you're doing. And if you're inconsistent, right, nobody can get excited about anything that you're doing because they never really know what's coming. Right. And so, at a certain point, but then here's the other thing you can get consistent about being inconsistent. And what I mean by that is like, if you think about someone like Beyonce, for example, who just kind of drops music for the sake of, you know, she doesn't give any timelines, she just knows nothing, but <laughs> the consistent, her inconsistent of like not knowing when you're, when she's going to drop music 
is like a consistent thing that she's always done, but then people are always really excited. I don't know if it's because it's a secret drop or if it's like Beyonce, it could be both things. But at the same time, it's like you really have to get people familiar with what it is that you're doing. And by being consistent, showing up three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, wherever it is that you do, lets people get like, gets people familiar with you, gets people familiar about whatever it is that you're selling to the point where it's like, I've been watching this person every single Wednesday, come on, do a live, kill it. You know, what else content are they creating? What do they do for business? Right. You start, people start asking those questions. They start getting super intrigued because they're like, this person comes on every single Wednesday or this person drops three videos a week. How does she do it? What else does she do? Right. It's all of these other things that really get people intrigued. And again, by you being consistent in doing so, is again, you're building that no like trust. People feel like they, you know, they start liking you because they see you regularly. They feel like they know you because you come on every single week and you introduce yourself and it's the whole thing. And they just trust you at the end of the day because they know you're going to come back every single Wednesday, drop some new information and it's going to be great. And so you get people into a routine and then slowly but surely you start building your community that way. You talked about production and production value earlier, and a lot of the times people, as a result, believe that they need to have the best camera, the best lenses, the best lighting, everything has to be the best in order for them to even get started in creating content. And so typically that ends up becoming a roadblock for them and they don't even get started on creating content where I personally believe that even just an iPhone alone is more than enough to get you started. And as you start growing, then you can evolve and elaborate on your production setup. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on what you believe to be you know, your recommended production gear setup to look like. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, for me, it's super important to make sure that whatever tools that you're using, whatever it may be, that you're comfortable using it, right? I don't want you to go out and buy this like, you know, $4,000 DSLR and not know how to use it. You know what I mean? And I would never preach that as somebody who literally who, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say start at the bottom because that's not it. But like, I'm someone who still uses my phone and creates content. And I still have been able to build a following and I've still been able to really create really great content as well. So I don't think it has anything to do about how much money you've got, what kind of high-tech camera that you have. I do think if that's, if you're feeling that that's a hindrance for you, like if you think that you need to have that in order to start, I think, you know, you really got to ask yourself, like what's really going to happen when you get that expensive camera? Actually, when you get it, you're probably going to have to spend like a month or so trying to figure out how to use it and learn it because you're not going to just open it up and know how to use it unless you come from that world of like photography and videography which nine times out of 10, a lot of us in this space of like social media, most of the time don't. And I think it really comes down to like, you know, you got to ask yourself, like, you know what I mean? If it's super important for you to have this high tech piece of equipment in order for you to create, you got to ask yourself what, if I didn't get it, would I not create? You know what I mean? Would I not create content? Would I not create videos? Would I not create, you know, And that's the thing. Like if you're allowing something to hinder you from doing the thing that you actually love and care about, then you genuinely know that that's probably not the issue. It's some other thing that you've got going on in your brain about video and this and that. Like, I'll be even be honest, like 
there are YouTubers that I love and they are incredible and they've got their 4k cameras and they've got their editors and they've got all of that. And I love to see it. And yes, and even seeing that as well too, it kind of, it doesn't make me want the 4k camera because I know I can't afford it. It just makes me want to use what I have and just try to make my content as amazing as possible. So as somebody who has an iPhone, like I've been able to do so many things with my videos. And I even like creating a lot of my videos on my phone. And I actually like editing my videos on my phone too. I don't typically like to use a whole bunch of software. I have Final Cut Pro and I did this whole like tutorial about how to use your green screen on Final Cut Pro, which is great. But again, that wasn't hindering. That was something that I found out later on to the fact that's not something that I said I had to figure out right away in order to create. So I say to start, you probably need a really decent phone and you really need to figure out, you need to figure it out as well too, right? You need to know your camera settings. You need to play around with it. You need to experiment. You need to see what can be done within that because you can use your camera, which is great, but then you can also use Instagram. And as we know, Instagram, there's tons of functionalities that you can do within the actual camera filming story app, right? You can you know, you can record videos, you can add photos, you can do boomerangs, you can add filters, you can add gifts. There's so many things that you can do. Using that Instagram app is great, right? But there's other tools as well that I typically love to use and that I say are very just kind of simple, beginner friendly, like Canva, for example. Canva is an awesome tool that you can use to create graphics. You can create logos. You can create templates for your videos to add into your videos or just using social media in general. It's a free tool as well. And it's just very simple and straightforward. You can add your colors in, your brand colors, your logo, your fonts. And it's just a really great opportunity for you to just create, right? And it's not something expensive. Like if you want to get the pro version, it's really just an opportunity for you to just create, right? So you've got your camera, you've got Canva, and then you need a decent video editor, right? So one that I use that I that's like my tried and true that I tell everybody to get is InShot app, which again, another free app. And so, yeah, all the apps that I'm mentioning right now are free. The only thing that's not free is the iPhone in which, you know, you might have to spend some money on it. But again, you're spending money on all these things, on all these other things in your business. Anyhow, you might as well make the investment in something that's going to allow you to create, right? And as we all know, iPhones really allow you know some a really great experience versus some other phones, at least from my experience, like I said, I'm, I'm team and I was team Android all the way up until like maybe last year, like last year, I think it might've been like October, maybe November, I think somewhere around that. And I made it work. You know what I mean? I made it work with my Android. A lot of my earlier videos have been filmed on my Android as well too, but I just realized I was going to get a better experience viewership wise. Cause that's also something super important to me, which is the quality, right? I want my videos to stand the test of time. I want my videos, if they're shared, that they look good and people are like, Oh, this is great. You know what I mean? I don't want, you know, my videos to kind of be perceived as, you know, not that great quality. So I made that investment and that was probably the only big investment that I made within like filming stuff recently. Obviously I bought a MacBook, which was great, but that wasn't even necessarily for filming. That was more so again for other things. And I recently bought a green screen, which again was for filming, but again, not a super big investment like an iPhone. I think it was maybe my boyfriend got it for me, but I don't think he spent more than maybe like 50, 60 bucks on it. So there's little things that you can do here and there. But like I said, InShot app is a free tool that you can edit videos on. And I'm telling you, you can edit any video on there. You can edit a 30 minute video. You can edit an hour long video. You can 
at edit your videos for stories, for YouTube, for Instagram. Like there's so many capabilities within that app. And so I really want people to know at the end of the day, if your excuse is I need a 4K camera, then you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. You're probably doing this whole business video thing for the wrong reasons. And you're actually not doing it because you want to create and you want to provide value. You're probably just kind of doing it so you can sit there and say, I got a 4K camera and then not know how to use it. Right. So at the end of the day, I really want you to know that creating and being creative comes from, you know, it comes from a place of wanting to try. It comes from a place of wanting to experiment. And you keep experimenting, you keep trying, you keep having fun with it and work with what you have and work your way up to that 4K camera if that's important to you. Right. I know tons of people, tons of creators that use their phone. All the videos that I've ever created have been on my phone, all of them, right? And so if you go back and see that what that quality looks like, you'll know in your hearts of hearts that it's not about the camera. It's not about the camera. It's not about the editing software. It's not about any of that. It's about the passion. It's about the ability to create and know that I've got a bigger purpose at the end of the day than worrying about if people are viewing my video in 4K. There are other important things to be, you know, there are other important things to really take in. And this is no shot to the 4K camera. I'm just like, when I see YouTubers use it, I'm just like, how do you even get into the world of four freaking K? But that's that's a whole other situation, a whole other conversation for another time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that. And I really appreciate all of your insights and tactical input that you've shared. Yeah. And with that, where can people find out more about you and the work you're doing online. I know you've mentioned the accelerator earlier, but I'd love to get a better sense of what this accelerator is for those interested and also where they can find you. Yes, of course. So again, if you ever want to connect with me, definitely slide into my DMs on IG, socially media agency. That is socially, like my last name, Nia Lee, and then agency well, the media agency, there's only one A in that. But either way, um, if you want to connect with me on IG, that's pretty much where I'm at all the time. Awesome. I don't know what else to say there. (laughs) I really do appreciate you giving me the opportunity to learn from you and sharing all of this insight. Yes, for sure. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Well, that's our show for today. If you like Freelance Canada, then be sure to subscribe to our newsletter by visiting freelancecanada.fm. You'll get access to all of my personal notes, as well as book recommendations about the topics discussed in the episode. Now, you will not find any of this on our website, so be sure to subscribe if you don't want to miss out. As with most podcasts, you can listen to every episode through Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It would mean a lot if you could leave us a five-star review. It would mean even more if you shared our podcast with another freelancer so it can help them in their journey too. Finally, if you're tired of leaving money on the table because you don't know which of your expenses you can write off, then sign up for Benji. You can start your 90-day free trial by visiting betterwithbenji.com because freelance life is better with Benji. Thanks for listening.